0: Welcome to the Academy of Reason podcast, where we explore Stoicism and other ancient philosophical strategies and tactics for developing self-mastery, inner freedom, and excellence for living our best possible life. I'm Casey. The book we're going to discuss today is called Letters from a Stoic, which Seneca wrote toward the end of his life, approximately 63 AD to 65 AD. This is a collection of 124 letters Seneca sent to his friend Lucilius, advising him how to become a better Stoic, also, I should mention that I have the Penguin Classics version of uh, Letters of a Stoic, and that's what I'm reading from. The first part I wanted to go over is Letter Eight, just because it's kind of cool. He's talking about why he's writing the letters, and it's kind of valuable to us because he's actually this is a Stoic putting down really actionable advice that he's given his friend on uh, how to be a better Stoic. And there's a lot of good uh, practices that we can use for our own lives. Okay, here we go. I'm acting on behalf of later generations. I'm writing down a few things that may be of use to them. I'm committed to writing some helpful recommendations, which might be compared to a formula of successful medication, the effectiveness of which I have experienced in my own source, which may not have been completely cured, but have at least ceased to spread. So, you know, he's basically comparing philosophy and and his advice to a formula or like a medicine to help cure, you know, different things that other people could be dealing with. You know, like he's saying it's cured his own source and he's, he's used it to help him in his life. So just some pretty cool writing there. Next, he goes on. He says, avoid, I cry, whatever is approved of the mob and things that are a gift of chance. I think that was interesting just because. For one, you, you see in these letters, and he talks about not seeking the approval of the mob, basically. He says that many times. And actually, what also he's saying here is, and avoid things that are a gift of chance, or question them at least. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe he's talking about him, because he was given the role to be the advisor to Nero, which was one of the worst, most ruthless emperors of Rome. And that really didn't work out for him because Nero actually ended up putting Seneca to death. Okay, here's kind of one of another part of this same letter, letter eight, giving some advice here to his friend. Cling, therefore, to the sound and wholesome plan of life. Indulge the body just so far as it suffices for good health. and needs to be treated somewhat strictly to prevent it from being disobedient to the spirit. Okay, let's stop here for a second. I think it's interesting that he's talking about you got to treat your body somewhat strictly to prevent it from being disobedient to the spirit when he says spirit I understand that as kind of like your will so you know sometimes it's a failure of will because you you'll eat more than you're supposed to or you eat more than you want to so then your body is controlling you now if you have control if your spirit or your will he's that can be interchangeable your spirit is your will You will yourself to be disciplined and only eat what you know you should eat and just to be full. That's kind of what he's talking about on that piece there. Okay, I'm going to keep going here. Your food should appease your hunger. Your drink should quench your thirst. Your clothing should keep you out of cold. Your house be protection against inclement weather. Well, it makes no difference whether it is built of turf or of marble imported from another country what you have to understand is that the thatch that makes a person's roof is just as good as a gold one. And the last part of this one, he goes on a little bit, but then he ends it with, reflect that nothing merits admiration except the spirit, the impressiveness of which prevents it from being impressed by anything. So here Seneca is talking about a few things. You know, the first is Controlling your body and being having self-discipline to be healthy and take care of yourself. And not let your body control you. The next thing he's trying to get across, I think, is not to value external things. Such as having a nice, fancy house. Like he talks about having a, a roof made of thatch is just as good as a roof made of gold. Or a house made of turf is just as good as a house made out of marble. So you can see what he's getting at is you don't need to have all these fancy cars, huge house. Get what you need and that's all you should be concerned about. Anything else is extra. Um, I think the point is make sure you're aiming or have the right goals in your life. I think that's one of the things he's getting at here. Some people work their whole lives to get a house of marble or to get a roof of gold. And that's their aim in life because that's what they think is make them a good person, or will make them happy, or make them successful. And at the end of their lives, they come to regret those things, and they wasted all their time. And you know, they took time away from things that really matter. And that's that's the key. And I think that's what he's trying to make sure that his friend doesn't do. And these are all externals. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't affect your soul or who you are as a person. These are just external things that you're getting that you should not value not to value external things or think that you need a huge house or all these extra decorations and all these fancy cars and fancy clothes uh, to be happy and have a good life and be a good person or to be successful he's saying you know your soul and to him your soul is your will being a good person doing the right thing that is what's important and i think that's what he's trying to get across here to his to his friend here okay continuing on here Seneca quotes this is the same letter Seneca quotes Epicurus so here we go here's the quote from Epicurus to win true freedom you must be a slave to philosophy the very service of philosophy is bringing freedom so back then they looked at philosophy you know they looked at it like um uh, you're a slave to your emotions You're a slave to your mind, you know, like you're a slave in the idea that you think that you need all these external things to be happy or you need these external things. You need to be famous. You need for everybody to like you. You need to have a big house. You need to, you know, have all these nice clothes. You need to make everyone like you and you need all these things that are outside of yourself. So you're a slave to those things. So you gotta work hard, you gotta do all these things to make all these other people happy and you gotta work at these different jobs to make all this money to buy all these things that will impress other people and make you feel like you're successful then in reality you're kinda you're barking up the wrong tree and it's gonna just end up at regret because you just waste on your time and these things really don't matter. And that's how you're a slave to those passions or those emotions or those ideas because you know, a wise person knows that you don't need to you don't need those things so if you got into philosophy then you would actually learned that you those things are not they're not worthy of your time and they're not something to shoot for or aim at so that's what he's trying to get out there i think that's a pretty interesting idea okay moving on here okay this is from letter 11 choose someone whose way of life as well as words and whose very face is as mirroring the character that lies behind it have won your approval be always pointing out to yourself either as your guardian or as your model there is a need in my view for someone as a standard against which our characters can be measured themselves without a ruler to do it against you won't make the crooked straight all right here he's talking about picking a role model and i think he's making a point to make sure you pick the right person to set your standard against Make sure you're picking somebody that has good character, has a character and a persona that you want to have to compare yourself against. Because a lot of times people will pick a role model that does not live up to what they think in their mind. And that's usually the case. So it's not like you're blindly following a role model or, you know, you got to be exactly like that role model. It's just saying, hey, have a standard that you can compare yourself against and to reach for that. Next, we're on letter 16. And he quotes Epicurus again. And here's what Epicurus says. This is Seneca quoting Epicurus. If you shape your life according to nature, you'll never be poor. If according to people's opinions, you'll never be rich. So, and then he he talks about your nature's wants are small. While those of opinions are limitless. So here is hammering the same point that we talked about earlier really okay so nature's needs are not that much if you're trying to pursue the opinions of others and you're trying to live up to that you're never going to be rich and you're never going to achieve it because it's limitless all right next one here this is a famous one and i believe tim ferris talked about this on his podcast it's kind of interesting found in great men's teachings, set aside now and then a number of days during which you will be content with the plainest of food, very little of food, with rough and coarse clothing, and then you will ask yourself, is this what I used to dread? Okay, here Seneca is talking about living without our luxuries, you know, because sometimes we think we need our luxuries, we get attached to our luxuries, and We cling to these external things that we think we have to have to have a happy life and to have a successful life and to, to be happy, right? So he's saying, how about you just trying to live without these things for a while so then you can see it's actually you don't need those things. So, for instance, if, say, you lost a bunch of money and you can only afford to buy basic food, you know, like oatmeal or some ramen noodles or something, live on those for a few days. Um, and see how bad it is and then you realize oh this is not even that bad actually you know not not going out to eat as much or just not going out to eat at all it's not that horrible so if you know if you're always worrying hell, oh, what if i lose this money and you're stressing out you know you're not having inner peace you're not having inner freedom right because you're worried about all these different things that might happen you say hey well if the worst thing happens i'm still okay and that's kind of what he's getting at so then you're not stressing about all these things that are external that you actually don't need, but in your mind you think you do. Hope that makes sense. That brings us to the end of the episode. I hope this episode was beneficial to you. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you got something out of it. Please follow and review the podcast if you did. It really helps other people find it in search so other people can also benefit from this episode. Thank you for being here. If you're hearing my voice right now, you made it to the end. I really do appreciate you. If you have any questions, comments, if you'd like to send me any other topics you'd like me to cover on the podcast, you can go to my website at academyofreason.com and you can leave me a message there. Or if you want to find me on social media, you can find me on Facebook. I'm also on Instagram and Twitter. I answer all messages, so don't hesitate to reach out. Until next time, see you later.